I'm going to get right to it, get to the Wester Hotline, because Football Outsiders, Mike Tanier joins me on our Wester Hotline. He's going to uh, help preview their new Football Outsiders Almanac, which uh, if you haven't checked it out yet or haven't seen it or haven't previously checked it out, uh, you should do so. Mike, uh, c- congratulations on getting this all done. I'm sure it was months and months of work, or at least at least a little bit of work on your end. So I appreciate you jumping on. Uh, looking forward to previewing it with you. Uh, but overall, we've got about a week till training camp starts. Uh, did you get enough summer in? Did you get enough free time in away from football? Because I feel like when we get to this point, I'm always thinking about the things I should have done this summer, and now I can't because football season's here and my life is, is effectively over. Well, well, did I read right? Is this your last Saturday show before camp opens? That's right. Camp opens for the rookies, I guess, next Saturday yep. in Buffalo. Yep. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. What's happening is uh, we have a family vacation to Europe, the first time we've gone anywhere but Ocean City, New Jersey, in several years. Um, and, and so I do have that looking forward. But like when I hear things like that, I'm in exactly the same space you are. It's like, why didn't I go fishing more? Yeah. Why didn't I go to the beach more? Why didn't I do this more? I'm going to be like watching TV on Saturday night, on Sunday night, being like, I got to watch TV on Sunday night because I won't be able to do that in September. So, so there is a little bit of uh, of a panic this time of year. And in case my girlfriend's driving in the car listening to the station, I really wish I would have spent more time with my girlfriend and didn't golf so much this summer. <laughs> Hope you're hearing that, honey. You so so you went golfing. I, I see how it is. <laughs> okay, okay. So you have you have no, nothing to complain about. No, no, no. I I, I got too much golfing. Um, okay. but uh, yeah, you know, I'm not really a beach goer um, any longer because I have this. Uh, because of golf, Mike, I have one of the worst hands um, in America. I have oh, no. like cadavery white feet. It looks like I'm like I've I've screwed on a dead person's feet. Um, you know, I've got this farmer's tan, and then the worst one is as I've got the golf polo collar tan. So it's oh, like no. yeah, it's like there's a triangle that goes to mid chest, and then everything else oh. is white, and it's yeah, it's um. My girlfriend, it, it's not that I don't want to go to the beach. It's just that she won't go to the beach with me. I, I don't blame her, and I think if she was listening, she has turned on classic rock by yes, now because yes. that was horrible. <laughs> she actually nicknamed the, them the cadaver feet, so that 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 one's on her. It's not on me. Um, so, Mike, let's let's talk oh, some my. ball, um, and obviously the 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 season predictions and everything that's going into this year. And we'll start with the Bills. Um, so, inside this great almanac of yours that you and the team over at Football Outsiders came up with. A lot of this will go over what they did the previous year and kind of trying to project using advanced analytics for the yes. you know for this upcoming season. Where did you guys maybe predictably fall with this Bills team as being you know are, is this to you guys in your projections and everything that you guys do to put these projections together? Is this team as you know big of a Super Bowl contender as it seems like every? publication, TV show, NFL Live, ESPN, NFL Network, everyone's sort of just penciling the Bills in as the team to beat um, as a Super Bowl contender. Is that where you guys landed as well? Yes. Yes. I almost feel like I wish I had like some super contrary take that could rile up <laughs> Buffalo Bills fans. Like, we got to get this book so that we can, you know, buy it and then burn it. Or, or you know, come after these guys on Twitter or something like that. But we're in the same place. I'll give you like a quick outline right now. We have the Bills with the projected to have the third-best offense, the fourth-best defense, the fourth-best special teams, which is a little surprising to me since you're changing punters, et cetera. And all of that, the third, fourth, fourth, comes out to be number one 
overall because no team is that complete. So they're number one projection overall and the top projected team in the NFL. Oh, that seems like a little bit of a pressure, uh, like like a pressure yeah. cooker a little bit, right? There's no there's no good news because you know, <laughs> if I give you like a low projection, like, oh, these these guys, analysts, what do they know? Screw those guys. But I give you a good one. It's like, oh, no, now it's all pressure. It's all pressure. Hey, you, you can feel the pressure. Fans, you can feel the pressure. What matters is the players feel the pressure. I'm sure they're fine. They're professionals. They're, they, they, they've been, they were here last year. They got to the AFC Championship. Right. They're, they're, they're able to handle the pressure. Yeah, but, you know, Mike, I think the interesting thing is thinking about the projections for having an offense, defense, and special teams all in the top five, um, yeah. I, I think that's that's pretty rare. Um, and, and, and not just from a projection standpoint, but that's – it kind of held steady the same way last year. I mean, this was the number one defense in plenty of categories last year. Yeah. This was a top seven offense last year. How many times in you know in your time doing this have you seen a team so competitive on both sides of the ball and be so consistent on both sides of the ball? And frankly, for being the number one defense, Mike, they probably upgraded at four to five positions. You know, the one technique, I think they certainly upgraded at the starting level position with Daquan Jones. I think they mm-hmm. upgraded at the, the the depth position with Tim Settle and Jordan Phillips as well. They they go out and they get Von Miller. They go out and draft Kyrie Elam in the first round. Um, like this is a defense that was great. That was good to I think borderline great. There was some things that I think that they left on the field last year. Obviously, thirteen seconds being that. Yeah. But this yeah. is a defense that got better at a number of positions, and they were the number one defense last year in a lot of those categories. And that's exactly it. So when you're doing the projections, you know we start with last year's results. And what happens is when you're doing projections, sometimes last year's results, like statistically, they might be a fluke and they might fall back to the pack. You know, central tendency might come in. Like, oh, you got a bunch of turnovers where, you know, the fumble rolled into the guy's hands, et cetera. That wasn't the Buffalo defense. Everything the Buffalo defense was good at last year are the kinds of things that are sustainable. You know, things in terms of coverage, if you keep the same guys in coverage mostly, et cetera. Things in terms of the team pass rush, if you keep most of the same pass rushers and add guys. So you start with last year saying, this looked like a sustainable defense. Then you, you fix your number one problem, is we, except for the fact that we were short a cornerback, so you bring a yep. cornerback in, and that solves the problem. And even though he's a rookie, he's not being counted on to be the one shutdown go-to guy. You add a Von Miller, so you say, well, is the pass rush that good, or was it like eight different guys and you're playing the Jets a lot? Well, now you got Von Miller that answers that. So you put those things in. And, and again, also, part of the projection isn't just the Bills when we talk about ranking, but we talk about other teams. Did other teams make these kind of approve, improvements? And certainly a few did, but the few that did were nowhere near the Bills. So you hold on to guys, you sustain the things you're saying that you get better, and the teams you're facing don't get better. And that's why you, how you wind up staying sort of in the top five, top four in defense. Football Outsiders here. Uh, Mike Tanier joining me on the Western Hotline talking about the new Football Outsiders Almanac, uh, which you can check out. I'll make sure that Mike drops the link here, um, and then I'll make sure I, I toss it out on my Twitter as well for people that are interested uh, in grabbing it. Um, I, Von Miller's the interesting maybe building point here of this conversation, Mike. And, you know, I found it to be a move that maybe – Somehow a six-year, $120 million. Now, that isn't the actual contract number. That's not what he's going to be paid. But it's nice for the agent and for the player and for headlines to say that, you know, the Bills signed uh, Von Miller to a six-year, $120 million contract. That's effectively not going to be what the number is. But I I do feel other than the the number – 
there hasn't been a lot of discussion. There hasn't been a lot about talk and hype around the move. And this is a Bills team that for the last two years, Brandon Bean has walked up to that podium after the season and said, you know, I really wouldn't expect us to be big players in free agency. It's just not our style. We're going to, we're going to, you know, responsibly spend. And then, you know, the first opportunity to get a Hall of Fame edge rusher, you know, Brandon Bean took the opportunity to do it. But there hasn't been that talk. Um, I'm wondering where your projections maybe have Von Miller going into this season. Now, seeing him in the playoffs, he really stepped his game up. He had Aaron Donald in the same defensive line. But let's let's not pretend that this is the same player that was in the 2015 Super Bowl and was an MVP-level caliber player. That's not him anymore, but I still think that's okay, Mike. Yeah, and we don't do individual player sack projections. So we, don't, you know, we will look and say, okay, it's going to be a top 10 pass rush. It's going to be a top 5 pass rush for the Buffalo Bills, and that's where we're going to put it. But we're not going to say, yeah, well, it's Von Miller because he's going to get 12 sacks. You're right, he probably won't. And also, you know how it is with pass rush, where one guy flushes it into the other guy. And when you have coming from all angles, and you've got all of these you know, prospects, and you've got Russo, and you've got Basham, and you've still got Epinesa who's going to play a role, et cetera, and then you've got guys in the interior, you don't know where the sacks are going to come from. But everything that we see says that he's going to be this guy. And, you know, there's a lot to unpack. You're right, there's been no chatter. I think the teams that need chatter from their edge rushers, they're talking about them, and the Bills don't need that. But you did mention the salary, and you, and you know what? The, the thing is, now's the time. Now's the time to spend for the Bills. Like I, I don't even blink at what the, the number is, et cetera. When you're in that Super Bowl window, in yeah. the middle of it, in the midst of it, if you have to pay two years down the road, three years down the road, you do it. So I'm not worried about that. But the bottom line is it really is going to be a significant upgrade. He's still playing at a very high level, probably as high a level as Chandler Jones is playing, and Raiders fans are acting like they got a 25-sack guy or something like that. <laughs> it's it's just that you have the luxury of saying, hey, yeah, on you know, first and ten when we're up by two scores, we don't need you out there, Vaughn. We can put up an ace or somebody out there. We can keep you fresh for third and ten in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and I do think the Bills do have that. And this is, a, this is an organization. But frankly, Sean McDermott, if you go back even to his time as defensive coordinator in Carolina, they're rotating edge players. They're rotating yeah. interior defensive line. Even his best players, historically, aren't playing more than 55, 56, 57 percent of the snaps. And I think that yeah. is for a reason. And, and as much as you are Von Miller at this point in your career, you're probably saying to Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, like, listen, that, that, that ain't me. I'm not on a pitch count. <laughs> I think he will be early on in the season. I think you're right. He's going to be a guy that up in games is going to basically only see third down pass rushing. That's going to give yeah. guys like Boogie Basham. It's going to give guys, to your point, like A.J. Epines and even Shaq Lawson, who is back in this program, opportunities to get meaningful snaps, but I think keeping him around 50, 55% of the snaps this year is a recipe to elongating that career a little bit longer. And when you talk about guys who are mentors, and sometimes you bring the veteran in and it's just a mercenary, I think even casual fans know Von Miller's been running camps for other edge rushers for years. Like he has them all over and they do these edge rush drills. You know he's going to be doing that with the younger players. Dan Pompey for the Athletics did a really big feature on Von Miller and all of his goals and all the things he did for young Broncos players yeah. over the years. So you're going to get an added thing where this guy's mentality is, I will do tutorials for Boogie. I will do tutorials for Rousseau and teach them some of the secret sauce type things in addition to what he does there. So when you do bring in those rotations, it's a lot of guys who are working together and have kind of been feeding off each other. All right, so what I'm most interested in, and this is the only way that people are going to really spend money on this almanac. So uh -huh. I don't know. does it handicap for first-time play callers that used to be special teams coaches? Because if it doesn't, Mike, <laughs> then I don't want it! 
<laughs> and handicaps for new coordinator. And I, not to the level you're saying there because that's weird. Oh, and, and by the way, if it was handicapping for first-time uh, play callers who used to be special teams coaches, it has to also handicap, yeah, for all the things that were going on in the, with the Patriots. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, because it's not just that. It's Patricia as well, et cetera. So uh, if you're asking about the Patriots, yes, they do – yeah, they, they do have uh, the fact that it's a new coordinator in there, but it's just the new coordinator number, not, oh, my God, it's Joe Judge, and he hands off on first and second down. Sure. <laughs> and, of course, you've got Ken Dorsey coming in, so you have a yeah, – I, I, right. I believe he's a first-time play yep. caller. But uh, So you do get the same variable. Like, you get a bump. It's like you lost your offensive coordinator. That's a thing. It is different just from an outside of the projection standpoint saying, oh, but it's somebody coming in from the system who's kind of been moving up through the ranks as opposed to this thing that's going on with the New England Patriots. Yeah, and, and I, I am sort of – like where you guys are projecting the Dolphin and and, and Patriot race in here, like are, are are you guys of the mind that even though the moves of, you know, going out and getting Tyreek Hill, going out and getting, um, you know, Taron Armstead, like those are great moves, don't get me wrong, but I, I am wondering like – is that enough in a season to overtake the Patriots? And, you know, in, in your projections right now, is are the Patriots still getting that nudge as being the, the team that's maybe the most favored to be in second place in this division? They're, they're still favored in second place. Both teams are hovering around 500. Both are close. Looking over the Patriots' projection, an average offense. Again, we can't really put a Joe Judge variable or a Matt Patricia variable in there. Uh, uh, a below-average defense because of all the guys they've lost. Yeah. And – outstanding special teams, the second-ranked special teams, and that might be where that little bit of that Patriot special sauce kicks in, sure. where you know that the 45th guy on the bench or whoever is going to be great at hustling on special teams, so they get that. Uh, Miami, we have their defense falling off a little bit, their offense being closer to average because of their additions. Uh, and uh, one thing about both of those teams, the, the Dolphins have the second-hardest schedule yes, they for do. our projections. Uh, the uh, the Patriots are 10th, and the Buffalo Bills are 11th. And, you know, why is the Dolphins' schedule so much harder? Because they have to play the Bills. Because they yep. have to play the Patriots in particular, where it's a wash when those two play each other. But they get a benefit from playing the Dolphins. And that gives you a sense of, like, where the gap is in terms of quality, particularly between, like, the Dolphins and the Bills right now. Yeah, and, and I'm, that kind of leads me to where you guys are on this New York Jets team. Because, yeah. You know, this is a this is a team, this is an organization that I, I do think was a lit under a little bit of pressure to hit a home run in the draft. And mm-hmm. we're not gonna know whether or not it's a true home run for as Marv Levy likes to, used to say, like by year three you know about a a draft class. And yeah. no one is as patient as, as Marv Levy was in nineteen ninety. So let's not pretend that anyone is gonna get three years to actually show what they are as a prospect. Yeah. But I yeah. am wondering overall, like how much rookie impact can have, and and when you're trying to project, that might be easily the hardest thing you have to project, right, is rookie impact. It is, and for example, one of the things we learned is at wide receiver, the Jets added Garrett Wilson at wide receiver as one of their guys. It's almost like a year two impact. You almost have to, Jamar Chase aside, uh, you almost have to say that guy is only going to be more than just like any guy you would get off the bench. Sure. That happens in his second year, not the first year. And Another position where that tends to happen is cornerback, where the rookie cornerback, even if he's a great rookie cornerback, it usually means he stinks for the first four games. Oh, my God, now I know what this is about. And then he's pretty good by the last four games, and then he's a pro bowler in his second season. That could be Sauce Gardner there. So there's a lot of that when you look at the at the Jets uh, team. And that's different from a projection standpoint analytically from the – they added dudes. 
They had a lot of dudes. They had a dudes I loved to watch in college. One of them has a cool nickname. Let's let's move them up. So you know we have we have around a seven win projection for this team. They they've gotten better at a lot of positions. It's a, it's arguable that, that there's more talent there. But I think people start getting like on a little train, a little snowball with the Jets, and you get like more and more and more excited about this team. And when you look at it, really, you look at how far they had to go last year to be even competent, and you look at what they're trying to project into. Still a last place team, just a last place team that's more likely to be competitive sure. week in, week in, week out than they were, especially last September and October when they were really a mess. So the other team I'm really interested in kind of knowing about here, uh, we won't give away all of your team profiles, but the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs and the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And I think everyone continues to look at the AFC West and the team like every single year that everyone loves the Chargers. It doesn't matter what decade it is. It doesn't matter what year. It doesn't matter who's at the coach, who plays a quarterback. They are always everyone's darling right now, the 16th of July. So let's put that aside for a moment, and let's talk about the Chiefs and how much their numbers were affected from last year to this year based Mm -hmm. on the loss of Tyreek Hill. You know what? They went from having a historic like greatest show on turf. We, we talk about it for 100 years offense to a very, very good offense. The Chiefs still have a very high offensive projection right now. They went from a historically comical, I can't believe that they're trying to make the playoffs with this defense defense, which is what they had at times last year. Sometimes it was pretty good, but sometimes it was historically bad, to just a, let's call it a rebuilding defense. Okay, so like now they have a defense that's probably going to be like, like in the bottom of the pack, but that's because they have so many young talent. You put it all together, and we have a Kansas City Chiefs team, still a playoff team, but right now they're behind our, in our projections. Yes, everyone's favorite July 16th contender, the Los Angeles Chargers, <laughs> because because there's no way you can take Tyreek Hill off and replace him with first-round picks, which is great, and say that that's going to be a net positive this year. Yeah, and that that's that rookie. Well, that and Juju Smith-Schuster and, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember. Benjamin Albright was on my show a couple weeks ago, and he had this unbelievable nickname for MVS that, that included, you know, something. He, he, he logically put dropsies in the middle of his name, and it was unbelievable. Um, but, 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 Mike, that AFC West, I mean, it, it truly feels like a dog-eat-dog. It feels yeah. like it, it's the team that – it's going to be – you look at that division. If anyone has a winning record in that division – I think that's going to be the de facto first place team. But how do you try to project four teams that are so close? And who do you have in that division finishing last? And if it's last, like it's probably the best last division, last place division team in a long time because that division's just going to be so competent. Was it five hundred going to be the fourth place in that division? Yeah, that's it. We have the the Vegas Raiders around five hundred. You know, eight and eight point six wins as last place and. You know, how we do the projections is it's 10,000 simulations of a season. So, you know, we're, we're not sitting there, like, checking boxes, like, by hand and things like that. We run everything through the computer. And we run through it a couple thousand times. And then when there's a major, major trade, we do it again with a different set of guys, et cetera, along the way. So you find out things. For example, the West, they're going to beat each other up. And I don't have their schedules in front of me. But they all kind of have middle-of-the-pack schedules in terms of strength of schedule. Like the, the Chargers' schedules actually comes out as pretty easy. Uh, so I forget, maybe they have the AFC South. I'm not sure what they have there. But you see those things where, you know, this is a bunch of teams that could go 3-3 three and three against each other, uh, but then go 3-1 and one against another division. And that's where you get these divisions where, like, it's not so much everyone's 9-8, and 8-9, eight, eight and nine, but, like, everybody's around 10-7. and seven. Uh, And then it becomes – both of all, you know, injuries and things like that, but also who got 
the easy game along the way? Who, who got the break along the way? Last year it was the Raiders. Last year in December, every time a team had a COVID outbreak, it was right before they faced the Raiders. You know, it was like Al Davis was looking <laughs> looking down from heaven, spraying COVID on teams, like doing some crazy stuff. Uh, granted, that's not what you would do from heaven, but, you know, it's Al you, Davis. You he might. Where he is. You might. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's where Al Davis is. He's got his own special place in the good place. Uh, but, yeah, like that kind of thing happens in those tough divisions. That's what it often boils down to. That's what the AFC West might boil down to is who got a break in the schedule or, you know, heaven forbid, we don't hope this, who had an injury rash. So, Mike, uh, tell the folks where they can find the Almanac, uh, you know, a link. I'm, I'm going to post a link here uh, momentarily, but tell the folks where they can find it, what uh, what to expect, and, and all that good jazz after we just spent uh, like a half hour talking through it. <laughs> well, first of all, you can find it on Amazon. You go Football Outsiders Almanac 2022 and pop it up. It's easier, though, to go to footballoutsiders.com, and there's a big old link. And click the link, and you'll go there, and you'll have the Amazon link if you want to go through that. You can get it as a PDF if you want to do it that way. Uh, you can become an FO Plus subscriber, and then you get like, a lot more updates and things throughout the year and access to our uh, exclusive statistical database so you can do all those things. And when you get the book, again, you can get it PDF. You can get it hard copy. I like a hard copy. You're talking about 500 pages. Looks like the old baseball perspectives used to look at the Bill James Baseball Abstract. Nice, thick-as-a-brick book. You can bring it with you anywhere. Full of stats, full of breakdowns, fantasy projections, over-unders if you're the wagering type, you can go in there and, and, and start making your uh, your futures bets now and something for every kind of NFL fan. All right, Mike, I appreciate you, buddy. Enjoy your uh, your weekend. Enjoy your family trip coming up, and uh, we'll yes. chat uh, as we get closer to the season. And, uh, you know, preseason football, can't wait. <laughs> yeah, those Bills games are going to be extra exciting without everybody drinking Kool-Aid on the sideline. Can't wait for Matt Barkley and for yes. for Case Keenum. You know, like that's that's what I'm looking yeah. forward to. Yeah, you don't even get like some fun rookie. Yeah, you get the the, the, the Case Keenum experience. The, the, old, the old vets, the Wiley vets. That's right, my friend. <laughs> Enjoy it. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. Mike